Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We are happy to announce that you can now purchase the Radio Keys self-titled album on vinyl at radiokeysmusic.com. Thank you so much for your support, and please enjoy our episode on The Texas Gentleman. And we're back again for we're some back. more. It's been actually a little minute, but we've been doing a fun, fun project that is not podcasting, but it's something else that'll come out, I think, next month at super some point. Super fun, super fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's how do I say Maybe this? Maybe we can tease it a little it's bit. It's seasonal since we're is getting it, close to seasonal. October. Oh, man, I think that's a huge hint. People are like... <laughs> Now, we will not be uh, covering the Monster Mash in our Shelter Sessions Volume 2. Damn it. <laughs> I thought that was in the top three cover options. Last year, we did uh, our record release show fell on really close to Halloween. And at the Concord show, it was... Uh, October 19th, to be exact. Well, the Santa Barbara one, but then the oh, Concord one was like a week later. It was a week later, so it was October and it was, 26th? It was really close. It was like the Friday or Saturday before Halloween because mm. it was a full-on costume party. And I haven't seen a bar and Tom fully to dressed crown up that the way. Costume champion. Oh, it was. Who yeah. was it? They were so <laughs> triggered because there was one costume that was like very clearly the best costume. It was a Game of Thrones. Oh, it was yeah. a guy with a big dragon head that looked really like expensive and realistic. And then she had like a Daenerys, Daenerys yeah. like dragging him around the bar on a looked chain, kinda, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> kind of BDSM a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I, ha- yeah, the whole bar dressed up like that's the most adults I've seen in costume in a long time. Um, and so we're like, we got learn a, a halloween cover of some yeah. sort of and for some reason we picked the time warp from the rocky horror picture show but Still it's don't know why so rock and roll and people always get it like there's always at least like oh everyone knows it a yeah. handful of people are like oh rocky horror picture show yeah. and they go after i mean it. it's a cult that's you know you get that with the, those like cult classic films we used to listen to that vinyl when we were like probably too young because we definitely listened to that vinyl when we were like kids and then i finally saw the movie and i was like 14 and i was like this is kind of weird yeah but the, the I mean, it's amazing with no uh movie context behind it the album is pretty kid friendly i feel like i think it is and i think it's also just a really great soundtrack sweet transvestite is a little sexualized but true <laughs> but true i don't think we understood that when i it can make you a man there's some oh. there's some weird <laughs> songs in there that was a spot-on impression of tim curry doing that make by the way man. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a song about building the man oh yes yeah um, it's i loved uh the god there's so many good ones um the, um, double feature uh, was that the oh name the of opening it? yeah the Do opening one is so good double feature and then there's um there's a light burning at the yeah, frankenstein place too amazing song dude holds up holds up yeah it's one of that. those but i don't think it's fair to call it a cult movie anymore right because like cult everyone class, knows it say? like everyone knows it I think I think the idea of cult classic isn't that it's not widely known. I think that it's like it's there's just a niche of people that are still like acting my, it out I and watching feel it like and like it is widely known. Like yeah, it but is. I guess maybe not. But Who the knows? fan base there's like I guess the there's like a fan base around it that's like almost like not obsessive but like I don't know. Like our old English teacher, Mr. Reynolds. Shout yeah. out, Mr. Reynolds. I went he, to uh, yeah, I went to. Uh, he's hosted. Oh, uh, you went too. <laughs> 
don't remember much of it. It was you, uh, on Halloween. We, we went to yeah in um in the Bay Area. I'm sure they do this all over, but they do um they'll have movie theaters play the movie and then they have actors act it out in front of the movie. And we went. I've been twice. I went yeah. as a sober driver for you guys, and it was Halloween, and you were Rick. Grimes. I was Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. <laughs> it was a pretty horrible um, costume. It was just like, you know, one of my pearl snap shirts and um, you know a, a revolver, like a six shooter pistol, like a, a you know toy I gun. It looked good. And then just like tight jeans and People boots. People kind of got and, it. Uh, you had a little bit of you know five o'clock shadow. You kind of slick your hair back. No, I got shit on. Remember, um, for some reason, I got called up to like be part of a costume contest, which I. So no, I don't know if it was. So they always bring up. At least this has happened to me when I went. They say, "Who are the virgins? Like, who's never seen Rocky Horror in a theater, basically, or who's never been to that theater?" And then they bring all those people on stage, and then they usually have them do something weird. Or no, we did for a you, costume. you did a costume yeah. contest. And I got yeah. shit on. I'm people sorry. were like, "Boo!" <laughs> like. <laughs> Maybe they didn't like The Walking Dead. No, it was I think a controversial... they just thought my, my costume was not very, you know, in depth, which it mm. wasn't, to be fair. And I was completely, like, blasted that Dude, night. Dude, I... It was, it was not... It was not it. I have phoned in a lot of uh, Halloweens in my, in my years because it always creeps up on me and I don't want to spend too much money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we have... Sorry. That's what... I'm like, how do we get on a Halloween tangent? Oh, yeah. So we, we have a project that we're working on. Yep. A creative project that'll come out a little before Halloween that we're excited Along about. With some other stuff that we have, but yeah. Anyway, we got nothing but time to make stuff. Yeah, kind of dominated home. our time last week. So we yeah, were, I loved it. I had so much fun doing yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun, and we're not done yet. We still got a lot more to go. True. But um, yeah, now we're doing this podcast, and it's actually been a while. We did like a faux uh, rock and roll review with Justin Towns Earl. Yeah. Because obviously, you know the his untimely passing and everything we wanted to pay homage to him but we didn't have the the rights to play his music so we talked we about asked. him without playing the music it's so weird and i swear i'm not just like trying to make a coincidence out of it but i feel like a couple weeks before he passed away um i was thinking i was like i wonder if he's too big to do a rewind on i was thinking about him and i was thinking about you, m yeah, ward too i was like is he still i've hit him both up multiple Sorry. times when he was still alive you I, have yeah, yeah we've I definitely talked about doing m- multiple emails about justin towns Earl, but never got any replies so. so we did it without the music which is you know not encroaching on anything and i actually saw um on instagram today on justin towns Earl's instagram they posted that steve earl did you hear about this no is gonna do a cover record of justin's songs and release oh. it in, I think, January 2021. And then 100% of the proceeds from that record will go to um, Justin's daughter. Oh, that's awesome. It's really cool. I'm actually, I'm actually interested to hear Steve Earle interpret Justin Towns Earle's all songs because they're so different. All I can hear is Copperhead Road. <laughs> and it's just not my I tune. Haven't, I haven't listened to the a lot of them. The video is really cool, though. It's like kind of like a Vietnam-like You know feel. what's cool is he's... I don't want to say out like he's definitely anti-Trump, but he has an album cover that's like Trump looking like the devil or something. So I'm pretty sure Steve Earle's like actively yeah. like anti, which is really cool for anyone in the country world. I just love that. I mean, I feel like things are changing now where it's so extreme, but yeah. Anyway. Um, Chris Stapleton came out um, against Trump. That's big too. And, that's uh, great. And a few, other, he, he was, he was, uh, he was doing a concert for like racial justice basically. And there were people just like losing their fucking losing minds. their fucking yeah, minds so in ridiculous. the comment section. Just ignorance. Same with uh, Sturgill Simpson. It's so funny. Like uh, one of the com- so Sturgill Simpson reposted it. it I love so Sturge. Yeah. Um, it was someone in the 
like YouTube comment section or Instagram comment section, whatever, maybe even Twitter. Who fuck it, it doesn't really matter. Um, when Chris Stapleton was announcing that he was doing that, and uh, she's like, "I just can't listen to you anymore. I can't support you anymore. I'm gonna go and listen to Sturgill Simpson and like Tyler <laughs> Childers only now." And Sturgill's like, "I've got some bad news for you." <laughs> Just like both those dudes are not about that hateful bullshit life. Dude, I love that. I I know recently Seth Rogen posted some something that was either anti-Trump or it was like Black Lives Matter or something. And he went through his entire comment section and commented on every single negative one that was like, I'm not watching your movies anymore. And then he'd write straight back like, fuck you or whatever. It was just <laughs> like, like you don't deserve my movies and all this shit. He was just being like, like to all hundred comments of it. it was, I was like, oh wow, that's dedication. Yeah, Sturgill. Um, what a time to be alive. Yeah, Sturgill <laughs> stood up for Stapleton and I feel like Stapleton's kind of like the patriarch of the country world. I mean, there's obviously, you know, uh, boy bands that sell better He's than just him so or like goddamn good or pop artists in country who yeah. sell better than him. But when, I think when it comes to like the King of Nashville, it's like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. So what he says has a lot of weight to it. So there's a lot of people who try to play, especially in the country world, who try to play both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. You know, they just uh, kind of straddle it and stay neutral. So I think it's cool when people to take a stand yeah it's, it was i know it was a big for like taylor swift to like finally get political because it was like a big yeah. sacrifice to a bell of her fan base but it's like once your fan base is that big it's like just now she'll you know. make 28 million dollars <laughs> instead of 28.5 million dollars. yeah she'll she'll be fine um another guy who came out was uh not coming out of the closet the liberal closet yeah, is it's uh good. nathaniel rateliff he endorsed bernie sanders for president oh hell yeah so Aww. i mean that was obviously a while ago now, that, now that's I over wish, I wish it bernie. but it's okay it's all right we're moving forward but anyway that kind of i guess bridges us into the, the artists we're talking about today because we were texting back and forth a little bit today and I saw that video that you were talking about where Nathaniel <laughs> Rateliff is like, they're at some, it looks like a dive bar. It really does look like bar. a dive bar. It's an after, I read under the YouTube video, it's, it's an after party from some festival that they all played. So a bunch of guys were on stage. Yeah, and it was the Texas gentleman who we're mm-hmm. talking about today and Nathaniel Rateliff kind of mumbling the words of uh, oh feeling God, all right. Dude, it's so funny because they do, they do Delta Lady and I watched that video first. And it seems like he knows all the words, but admittedly, I don't really know the words to Delta Lady. So, but he's like at least like faking it or or getting it right. And I'm like, okay, great. And then I was like, oh shit, they do "Feeling All Right" by Joe Cocker. That's like one of my favorite songs yeah, of all I, time. I the same thing. So I like put it on, and like the Texas gentlemen come in, and like the band sounds fucking great. And then he's just like, hi, I'm saying I'm on. <laughs> And I'm like, that's not even words. It's was, so oh funny. God. But the the band is like looking at him and just smiling and it's laughing. It's so funny. Cause they, they, well, what's super funny to me is that they're like Nathaniel Rateliff, Joe Cocker. They just like put them together. Yep. They're like, you're going to do all these Joe Cocker songs. <laughs> and just like made him. I don't know if they made him do all He's these like, songs. He's like, I don't know the fucking like, words. Isn't, isn't there any other artist? I, I don't know. It's so well, it's funny, funny cuz like the first and second the first verse he like kind of gets the first part of it and then it just goes out and just into gibberish and then the second verse is gibberish and then the third verse is like a breakdown so it's just like the drums and like Nathaniel Rayliff singing and then you're like oh no now the pressure's really on and he's still just kind of gibberishing it it's dude it's it's fucking hilarious but that to be said no shade on nathaniel Rayliff. obviously he's he's one he's of one our of heroes our yeah. but like he i just think it's hilarious because it's like he's 
100% singing it and 110% performing it, but like there's just no words. <laughs> it's so funny. It's uh, and, so and good. we've all been there too, where you're on stage oh my and you're like, God. what are the words again? And how many like, times have I done the first verse again because i'm like what's the second verse i've done that so many times on my like three hour solo gigs where dude there's so many lyrics i'll completely blank on something there's really not much i can do about it i'm just i'll just do an instrumental or something i'll just like i I remember one time (laughs) i played um fuck what is that uh cripple creek oh it's a hard one yeah that's i mean the band is all really hard because they have a ton of weird lyrics and like I could not remember how it starts. They do have weird. When lyrics. I get off of this mountain, <laughs> mountain and I, I was like, where I'm going "What to go. the fuck is the first <laughs> word of this song? Like the Dude. first line, couldn't remember it. So I just played the <laughs> for like two minutes, and I was like, "All right, instrumental. Okay, here's our, going into our next one." Dude, if you can't one, and the weird thing is, once you get the first word. You're you got done. the whole song. You're done. You've got the, the whole, whole verse. You've got the whole thing. But like I've songs we've written, I've like we've started and I've been like uh, just a complete brain like Meltdown. blackout when you're on stage <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck is the first? Yeah, I do that all the time. And uh, yeah. it, lately it's been Alante. It's for my side of town. I can't remember. Um, and then Alante will <laughs> yell oh. it out. <laughs> it's so funny. The few lyrics he knows yeah. are the ones that we forget. It's why we all work so well together. Um, but yeah, so we're covering a really exciting band today. The Texas Gentlemen. Texas Gentlemen. And they are one of the, and I don't ever want to sound like I'm throwing shade when I say this, but they're one of the more underground bands that we've done because, um, we did obviously Justin Towns Earl last time. Um, and, uh, I think along with like Gold Star, these guys are, don't get me wrong. They are wildly successful, especially in terms of being like backing band. Yeah. That's kind of their, or was their bread and butter. Now they're doing their own thing as well, but yeah. they still back up a lot of really famous artists. Did you want to run down a, sure. a list of... Um, so they have... Um, nope, I've got it. Okay. They have... Uh, uh, been the band for and this i think i'm not sure if this, i think this is both studio and live because they've yeah, done both right makes sense. okay so uh george Strait, ed sheeran sheeran <laughs> uh, every time i say it doesn't I'm get bigger than ed sheeran let's just put it does <laughs> I not get bigger than looking at, i always want to say shireen and just, i i'm it's so terrible we can just stop there because like george Strait, george ed Strait, sheeran it's ed like sheeran. right there it's like all right two of the oh, most gets, massive stars on the planet oh there's more leon bridges yep shake it which is the first time i saw the texas gentleman i started seeing them on his instagram a couple years ago i think that's how i found him too honestly. yeah because of their awesome outfits that we will talk about yeah. uh shaky <laughs> graves sean mendez sean no sean mendez i don't know this is part uh, it's one of the articles uh those, jim, okay, jim do you know who sean mendez is <laughs> yes he's yeah. the young almost like a beaver type yeah he's yes. like what all my kids want to learn how to play they're Aww. like do you know any sean mendez i'm like yeah totally let do me you? google it cool i mean no i don't know it off the top of my head but it's like as a teacher you kind of just have to roll with the punches and if a kid's like you know blah 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 like well you don't want to make them feel alienated and be like i've never heard of them i hate that elitist shit where where you're like nope that's stupid i would never want to learn that or i would never want to teach you that it's like you want to try to freaking inspire that ember and turn it into a raging campfire i overheard you uh i was like on my laptop just outside of your office when you were doing your lessons today and i overheard the kid that wanted to learn this weird it sounded like a techno song and then you were like 
okay so it's basically the zelda theme song <laughs> and i was like damn yeah it's literally it it's literally the zelda theme song it's by dead mouse and it was like first of all it's like a minute long drum intro i was like is this going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and then it's the uh, original like nintendo theme song for uh the Z- the original zelda how's it go and uh, I was like, okay, we can work with this. But anyway, let's get back to Texas Channel. So, um, all right. Sorry. So I was naming people. Jim James of My Morning Jacket. And then some Ray Wiley Hubbard, Ray Benson, Joe Eli. I've Sean Mendez twice. Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris Christopherson. That's a big one. And uh, Nikki Lane. Okay. Yeah. Chris Christopherson. I watched the video of him playing with... Uh with him today it looks like in 2016 um the texas gentleman they got an opportunity to back up chris christopherson um at the newport folk festival and it was the first time that chris had played the newport folk festival uh in over 45 years and they um was there a pushback against the newport folk festival are you thinking about Bob Dylan? Didn't yeah, play like I feel like didn't they like shit on Bob Dylan during that? Um, I don't know. Is that when he got booed for going electric? <sighs> Jeez, dude, we, we, we did a freaking oh, no. podcast on this. <laughs> oh man, it was a while ago, but I feel like there was some kind of pushback against the Newport yeah, it's Folk Newport, Festival. Newport Folk Festival. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's where he went electric and got booed to death. And then he right? didn't play it for like a really long time. And then he came back and he played it like in a costume. What? <laughs> I don't uh whatever. <laughs> anyway, so they got their is that their break you think or Um I I think that was I think that was one of their kind of big Yeah. I I have a little bit about how they kind of started. Let's see. Um So, should we go through just the lineup, the current lineup? Yeah, let's go. So you were talking about this, and un- unfortunately, I didn't really dig into it as much as you did, but it sounds like that they're rotating members a little bit. Um, I They've definitely rotated members, as, as you would expect from basically a bunch of studio musicians that kind of became a band. Although, um, okay, so I'll start with saying I read a bunch of articles today. I read, uh, and there was a couple of videos I watched, so I'm going to shout them out. Uh, Vinyl Me Please, The Boot article, Blues Kitchen Interview, Texas Monthly, Dallas News, Flood Magazine, Rolling Stone, and a New Noise interview. Um, so they're fi- so currently on their website, which I'm assuming is up to date, their lineup is co-singers and frontmen Nick Lee and Daniel Creamer, um, who also play guitar and keys um and they both sing uh guitarist ryan and then it's ake so and in the interview that they do with uh the blue what is it called the blues basement or something like that oh the blues kitchen the blues kitchen yeah they talk about the band yeah should have been the basement (laughs) it's a a room in the the house yeah two guys on the left most in that um so i'm gonna tell you who's who um so daniel creamer is the one with the long hair and he has mutton chops. The mutton chops. Right. Uh, Nick Lee is the guy on the far right in that oh, interview. Oh, the guitar. With, and he has like the little he, nose ring. He's always ripping on the guitar. That's he's what he's... so freaking good. He's so yeah. good at guitar. Um, and then... And Daniel Kramer is usually on um, on the keys. And then Ryan Ake, A-K-E, Ake, Ake, uh, he plays... I feel like I've seen him play bass too, but he 
he's a guitarist and he's the one with the little round glasses and he's always got that yes. kind of buttony hat on. I've seen him mostly play bass, I feel like. Yeah, they list him as a guitarist, but I've definitely seen him play bass. Yeah. Okay. And then they they I've seen them switch around cuz like Daniel Creamer the Mutton Shops guy. I'm sorry, Dan. I don't mean to refer to you as that. They're they're wonderful. Um, but he plays mostly the keys and sings, yeah. but then he rips on guitar. I saw a video where he's just yeah. ripping on I guitar. Mean, these so I'm guys, like, damn, they're all just... They do that thing, I think, where they rotate a lot, yeah. and uh, they all are just such incredible musicians. And then we've got the bassist, or who they list as the bassist, uh, Scott Edgar Lee Jr. And then drummer Aaron Haynes was on the most recent album, but has been replaced by someone named Paul Grass. No. I know. And then there's, uh, in many of the interviews that I read today, there is a gentleman named, and okay, so the name B-E-A-U is pronounced Bo, right? Oh, your boy, play, uh, Jeff Daisy, played sax. I know, my bestie, Jeff Daisy. <laughs> no, I think my I've seen friend. him playing sax on a lot of their videos. He's playing in their video for uh, Shaken All Over. He's yeah. playing, and then there's a story when they play with Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. He's in that story, which I will oh, Ed relay to you. Um, yeah, Jeff Daisy, uh, I remembered from Leon Bridges when we saw him and then started showing up with uh, Nathaniel Rateliff's band. So he's, yeah. yeah. And we were Instagram friends. I don't know. I hope we still are. Um, and let's see. So, okay. So there's a guy named Bo. So B, so help me out here. B-A-U. B-E-A-U is Bo, right? Bo. People yeah. are screaming. Uh, Bo Bedford. Uh, whenever I hear about the origin of this band in these articles, I'm reading that he like kind of started the band. He was kind of like one of the ringleaders. I'll show you what he looks like. And then you'll recognize him from all the... Shall I? I'm, I'm all, my big obsession when we cover a band is trying to figure out, um, who's who. Um, <laughs> right wait That's, click on him yeah that makes sense yeah he's yeah. in a lot of the videos but then he's apparently not so but when i was watching the uh video for like their newest uh songs off floor it he's not he's not in them so i don't think he's in the band anymore bummer i know he he was great he he also played piano and sang yeah he was a uh, really great in the blues kitchen interview he was uh he yeah. seems like a really nice guy like when he greets him he just has like the warmest uh, personality. It seems I'm sure, like. and I'm sure now. Now I'm just making stuff up, but I'm sure it wasn't like a a sad departure. I'm sure. I mean, with pros like they're that, all friends. yeah, they're all like, pros. They're all doing their own thing. I'm sure it was something like it's that. It's like what Justin Townsrell was saying about Nashville. It's like when your lap steel player gets picked up by, let's just say, George Strait or Miranda Lambert or Miranda saying, Lambert. Yeah. You don't get pissed. You're just like you're pissed Good for job, a second. Buddy. And it's like, like you celebrate congrats. them because yeah. that's kind of the lifestyle, and these guys that's are definitely. Goal top-notch studio musician so who knows what could have happened you know he could have gotten a gig with freaking ed sheeran again and then it's like of course you're gonna go on the road with ed sheeran who like you can't knows? you can't not uh do you do you want to hear the ed sheeran story because bedford tells it and he's not in the band anymore yeah, so, so while well. we're on him might as well um so he uh they were playing uh somebody's birthday um here we go i can quote it from the vice article um, the interviews, the interviewer asks, that was the one that threw me for a loop. Ed Sheeran question mark. And he, and Bedford says it was really amazing. We were in Austin playing Louis Messina's birthday party. And Ed is one of Louis's artists that he's promoted over the years. And Ed showed up. It was actually our saxophone player, Jeff Daisy, oh, oh. who also plays with Leon Bridges, uh, went off stage while we were on stage and went up to Ed and he was like, dude, you've got to get on stage, like kick this party off with us. And so Ed walks, walks up on stage and grabs an acoustic 
we've never played with Ed. We just met him that night and he just like started playing some chords and he was like, follow me. And we're like, all right, we'll follow you down there. And he went through a 10 minute long 1990s hip hop homage of, I couldn't even tell you half the songs. <laughs> it was so much fun. He was just cruising through all these tunes and we were just playing funk jams underneath him. So that's the story of how they played with Ed Sheeran. So it sounds like a one-off, but that's hilarious. That's still awesome. He was basically doing your... <laughs> What did you used to do? You used to do Sweet Home Alabama and to Nelly's. Used to do Sweet Home Alabama okay. and to Nelly's. Uh, what's the song? Um, hot going down the oh, damn it, we did this before. Yeah, that one. Can you remember the name of these? Uh, yeah, country, <laughs> country grammar. Country Sorry, grammar, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. Um. Anyway. <laughs> One of my more cringier medleys. No, I thought it was fun. I don't know. People love '90s hip hop, dude. It's well, it's, it's the best. It's the it's golden the best. era. It's the, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's uh, so yeah. So I, I'm not sure. Um, it looks like so they. Let's see. They were all, I think, studio musicians, and they were all kind of working in different bands with different. They were all kind of. How do you say like they're in the same scene but in different in the same yeah, scene they're all doing, doing different projects thing. yeah and they got I think they got this is in Austin right like the Austin Dallas oh Dallas da- yeah right. most of them are from that's Dallas that's where freaking Charlie Crockett was like doing a lot of his early yeah they too. a couple of these I was reading about Deep Ellum which Charlie Crockett yeah. talks a lot about um, and yeah they they talk about like kind of the honesty of Dallas musicians how it's like they're not trying to sound like a certain type of music they're just uh, Playing from the heart. Now I sound really cheesy. Just <laughs> playing with their hearts and their playing souls. from their hearts <laughs> with their hearts on their sleeves. Well, um, before you want to talk, I mean, since we did the Ed Sheeran story, we kind of introduced the band a little bit. Do you want to play uh, maybe our first the track first and then we can uh, talk a little bit more about it? Let's do it. All right. So this first one is called Pain and it's off their debut record, TX Jelly.
so sorry we listened to the songs in between too and i definitely uh, didn't put down the volume so i almost like started talking and having my own voice come through the speakers behind oh, me <laughs> just embarrassing right it would have been embarrassing been cool. anyway i love <clears throat> one thing i love a lot about the texas gentleman is the way that they can seamlessly like change the feel of a song without making it uncomfortable like a lot of the times when you have like a jarring change like this song has so many different feels in it it's like the do 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 gonna have some pain in you and then it goes to a shuffle yeah and then uh god what else and then the breakdown you're gonna have some yeah and then of course there's that kind of you know the held up part for sure um but they continue to do that throughout almost their full first record they have a lot of great changes um in terms of their their feel changes and also their tonal changes too. Um, they're, they have a lot of key changes. They're, they're just do such a seamless job of making it yeah. sound natural, which is really hard to do. And it's something that we've been experimenting more, like trying to stretch time, like getting to a chorus and making it go slightly slower than the verse. Yeah. And it is not an easy thing to do. And it's definitely not an easy thing to make it sound natural. Yeah. We're like, oh, here's the harsh transition, you know. It's yeah. like and they don't have any of that. It just seems extremely like even from the intro. Dun 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 and it does like that fast triplet that kind of transition. Sorry, that Alante would be reaming right now. <laughs> but no, it's I like love it. it's like a little triplet transition. Triple 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 pain. And then it kind of just breaks down for a second but then goes right back into the double time you know, so it's like it's just awesome <laughs> yeah the way that they do that like a lot of the times people will stick to the same feel throughout the entire song and every song on every you know on every record has one feel and they yeah. do an, an incredible job of changing every song's feel multiple times not unlike the band not unlike the band i was gonna say that song is off so they have two full-length records they have TX Jelly from 2017, which is what that song Pain is from. And then they have their new record Floor at 2020. But um, I was going to say, I don't know if so I was watching a lot of their YouTube videos today and getting lost in some of the comments, <laughs> which are overwhelmingly positive. But there was one and I can't remember if it was Pain or a different song. And it was like this guy that was like, what time signature are they playing in? Somebody help me figure it out. Like it was like all caps, like trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, it was like, yeah, I, I could see that being. Well, the way that I like to think about them is like in their first record, they're, they're starting to be more comfortable with um, the changing of their key signatures, the changing of their feels, the changing of their tonality. But they're still, they're still married to a certain, um, almost i don't think they play to a click but it's still that kind of overarching like beat yeah. that they're playing to um in their new record they kind of throw all that shit out the window and like i like to say that like oh, band wow. like songs have like changes like generally like oh here's a change oh here's a change you mm -hmm. can kind of like pinpoint them yeah their songs don't really change they just evolve into something different yeah. It's so crazy. They like slowly just mutate into something completely different. You're like, where the fuck did this come from? And how did that happen? And when did it happen? And what did they do to make that happen? It's sneaky. It's like, it's like borderline. It's like the most fusion form of Americana like I've ever heard by far is, is this band, especially in their new record. This one, uh, TX Jelly, is still a little bit more traditional. Yeah. Um, and like it has like uh, Happy Doobie, which is kind of like a straight like 
you know, almost uh, a blues song. Yeah. That, so it's very traditional. Happy Doobie, it's their most listened to song. On yeah. Spotify. And it's, it's the an first song I heard. It's instrumental mostly, and they're kind of saying, Happy Doobie yeah. at the end. And then go about up, go about or whatever they're saying. Um, but I was reading an article today where they said that that was uh, just a jam that they did when they started each set uh, for their when they were doing a what's it called a residency sound check residency. Uh, yeah, they were doing yeah. It. so. They were like that was our jam that we started on. It was like instrumental, and then sometimes we'd like you know start saying things and improvising over it. But so that became their first, one of their first original songs, I think. Yeah, and it's definitely the most popular on Spotify. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great song. I'm sure it's been used for like some kind of soundtrack or something like that. They have a lot of instrumentals that are really good though. Yeah. That's that's kind of more what I thought they were um when I first heard them and they definitely have a lot of instrumentals, but they have especially on this new record, they have a lot more um <laughs> songs with lyrics. I don't know how to say that yeah. less dumb. Um uh, vocal pieces. <laughs> no. Songs with somebody singing in them. Um and I really like their lyricism. Like for these guys that they're so humble every time they talk about anything and they're like they're like, yeah, you know, at some point we decided, oh, we should start writing songs, but they were like these just like powerhouse musicians and they're like, oh, we're going to like turn to songwriting which could go in a number of different ways and they are really good at it. One thing, another thing that I really like about, um, especially their new record, they do it somewhat in their TX Jelly record, but definitely their new record, is even when you do find a familiar part, like you're kind of wandering through this song and you're like looking to latch on to anything that's familiar, right? Yeah. Like you kind of do that with with uh, any almost any song you hear, you're like, all right, well, that's the verse, that's the chorus. Oh, this is the bridge. All right, we went back to the chorus or whatever. And it's really easy to roadmap. Like, that's what a lot of musicians yeah. call it is like a roadmap. Yeah. I was trying to roadmap uh, one of their songs while I was like taking a jog today. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. All right, this is A, this is B, this is C, this is D. All right, now this is like... <laughs> yeah now we're on a, a, B, C, D, e. and y so you're like where where do we and then the thing is they'll go back to their verse yeah but then the instrumentals will be completely different so they'll be like following the melody in a different way maybe playing an alternate chord here or there That's and so it's cool, just yeah. like even what becomes familiar is still new and nuanced it's and like they don't want to do the same thing exactly twice no. They're not going to do like a pop fucking chorus. No. You know, like every pop song, it's like, it's exactly the same. Like even the recording of the vocals is exactly the same. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like they, they're going to not do the same thing. Especially yeah. in Just like maybe the chorus more than anything, they'll do things more or less the same. But like uh, the next, uh, we'll talk about it when we get to the next song, but it it is something that I really enjoy and it makes me want to be better about like not playing the same thing and then going to, oh, this is verse... Yeah fuck it's verse four like it's yeah. like geez now we got to definitely do something different you know so yeah it's inspirational for sure to listen to them and the way that they construct their songs because they're very very advanced and this, this is sophisticated yeah this is probably one of the hardest bands i would say to we said this before but it's like we usually play about three songs and it's like okay pick three songs from the texas gentleman and it's just like we could pick any combination of three songs off these two records and they're so they're so varied mm -hmm. like they cover all kinds of genres just like flawlessly like i i i would never be able to think of one word for a genre that they since uh 
since we can't do that, do you want to give a few shout outs to some songs? Oh, I love um what is it? It's the it's Bondurant Woman. It's the third song on on this record. Yeah, um Charlie. yeah, and it's got a so Pain has a crazy music video. That's this like femme fatale lady like murdering every member of the band, which is always a good plot. Yeah. Um <laughs> violently and in different ways one is like a hitchcock shower scene and she's like stabbing him in the shower and one is she's got him in the trunk and like i was, I was watching it's that so i was fun. like these guys need to take some martial arts class or something like <laughs> they're just like oh they're no wrecked by this like 110 pound i know the first guy it's dan i think he's like just backing up into a corner it's like come on man you could fight back hit you her got with a kick hit her with a kick dude um not that we support that but if you're fighting for your life but you, you know we do um, not support that. One song that I really loved was Trading Paint. It's the last song on TXJ. I heard it oh, randomly. It yeah. popped up on a like a daily mix or something. And I was like, who? And it was like, I was genuinely like, who is this? It was like really early in my, you know, Texas Gentleman listening days. I probably had just added him. Yeah. And I was like, I love this song. And it, it's like one of those super like laid back um, kind of, God, what? I'm trying to think of a a comparison to it, but... It's a really laid back tune, and uh, I love the lyricism in it. It's about like road rage, <laughs> so Aww. it's like it's basically like you never know who's in that car next to you, so be careful, or you'll be trading paint. <laughs> like they're gonna oh, be. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be more yeah. like you know you never know what they're going through, but yeah, I really liked. I think it's the song uh, "My Way." It sounds like a. It sounds like they're. I I don't know which singer it is, but he's doing like a very like old school crooner like sinatra type thing but in like this kind of like if tom waits wrote the instrumentals and then there was like a crooner on top of it like just this it's just all over the place like i, I listened to both these albums a lot today and i was just like gosh they're they're just doing everything and they're doing it really sincerely and really well have you uh have you heard 12 bar blues by um aaron lee tazjan 12 mm. bar blues i don't know it's a really interesting song it's like about um it's called oh, the 12 bar, bar blues, blues. <laughs> and but it's about going to 12 different bars it's like 12 different bars oh that's clever so uh but it's like spoken almost in the it's like rhymed yeah. but almost spoken How in fun. the verses and that's kind of what trading pain is like um i hate to give an obscure song with another kind of obscure no song, I, I told you when we were listening to pain that it that song reminds me so much of the flame and groovies who i'm sure that they're aware of because they cover the same song shaking all over um we can only communicate in, in obscure bands yeah we're like, <laughs> we're like have you guys heard of you've probably never I was heard saying, of them yeah. <laughs> i was saying they sounded like the sights uh, i don't know oh, if anyone listened to the, that the band. guy that refused to hug you that guy did not hug me i'll and never forget i went outside and i smashed his record on the ground <gasps> no i didn't do that i, didn't I was like that. you're such a teenager i was a teenager and he didn't hug me no this was, was way pro like pre-covid too so it's like there's no reason six he was, four? he was a little guy. He had anger problems. You could tell he had some kind of fucking. He was mad. Some issue. I, I can't imagine like pretend you're a band as famous as the sites was in 2004, five, six. Whenever so we saw not them. super famous, not famous. <laughs> and we see them at Slim's where we have played um, in San Francisco. It just shut down recently. And now it's going to reopen as a really is a uh, dance, uh, dance. It's like a, a it has a terrible name. Oh, it's a. Oh, I can't remember the name, but it's a terrible name. Uh, it's 
it's like oh it's yolo i think it's yolo oh it totally it's is YOLO. yolo and i'm like oh no another one bites the dust like another cool fucking music venue bites yeah the, the uptown dust. shut down too in oakland <sighs> i saw that what the fuck anyway so we saw the sites in like 2006 we're like 16 and 18 or 17 and 15 or something like that we're in high school and uh i think we saw them with the rock and roll soldiers yes and badass band dude they're oh great that guy's yeah. super nice yeah but so yeah i remember i have like a visual memory of it still uh at the end of the show like they were just in the bar because they're again not that <laughs> now i'm just shading on that but i'm not but it's like it's just like a casual show and like two teenagers come up to them and are like oh my god we're huge fans like we're, yeah. we love your band Listen and you're to their like record like oh obsessively hundreds of times we were you obsessed know? Like, with this yeah. band and like and you were like can i get a hug and he was like no he's like no he, he looked at me he like looked, i was he looked thoroughly the thing on the planet annoyed and i was i just remember thinking like huh like it's dude and then we you know kind of stopped listening. do you remember who uh headlined that show the donnas the donnas yeah we left before the donnas because they took about an hour and 45 minutes on stage yeah they might have been drunk we waited no we wait no we were teenagers we were not no they might have been drunk oh i was now we're just starting rumors (laughs) i think they were hammered i remember (laughs) we were like i think we had a curfew we had to catch bart there was like a 1 12 45 or something was the last bart and like i swear to god it was like a it was like i think we were driving off stage at like 10 30 slims is oh Sorry, it's, okay. it's not near um it's nowhere near right i don't right. think it's very close apart but still i drive. i remember just being like we've waited we waited i really wanted to see the donnas too i was like oh an all chick band like hell yeah and it, dude they it they w- made us wait like they were fucking yeah the rolling was, stones yeah I in was, 1970 just <laughs> passed out they're like we're gonna wait make a wait for an hour and 45 Mor- minutes it's like jim morrison and <laughs> like he's passed out but we're throwing water on him uh, he's gonna anyway. get out here <clears throat> oh um what oh so i wanted to get back into their story because i found a good well we had a little Texas break I gentleman found a good, story so there's a new noise magazine interview uh and this is dan talking um and they ask him about uh you guys have and continue to serve as the band for a lot of other people did you start as hired hands uh how do you basically how do you you know form and he answers we all played in several bands together early on that we were that were generally built around a lead singer and their songs. Uh, that's where we sort of got the knack for interpreting songs and playing together. I guess really the idea of us as a backing band has been a little overblown in my eyes, but there's definitely an element of truth to it. We've done quite a few studio sessions together where we acted as a backing band and done many gigs where somebody wanted us to back them for a few tunes or collaborate in some way. But really we started with a residency at the end of 2013 and we were just filling in for my brother's band. So we had to throw together three hours of material in a week and we just decided to learn and then he says when i say learn i mean we would generally make up an arrangement from our memory of a song without checking our work uh we'd learn a bunch of our favorite old songs all that to say that i would classify us as a bar band that turned into something more uh before calling us a backing band so i thought that was interesting yeah so they were they were doing a long-term residency it sounds like and that's when they had to learn all these cover songs and they say it in that interview the blues basement kitchen the blues, ba- blues kitchen <laughs> Dude, um, blues basement has the ring to it they gotta go with that maybe it was taken because i guess so maybe cool. they're cooking something in the blues the kitchen blues kitchen um they say in that interview they talk about it and they say oh yeah we we were covering uh i can't remember if it's up on cripple creek or the shape i'm in yeah the shape i'm and in and they were saying a- that uh that uh oh we turns out we were playing like the wrong chords in the 
They're like, yeah, we're playing all the wrong chords and like <laughs> the they, never, they just well, that's so cool that they just listened and we're like, okay, this is this is it, you know. So the but they, the I mean, even way. if he's, they're trying to get away like from the term like backing band, it, it's almost impossible not to compare them to some of the great bands in terms of you know his music's history because there are some bands that are you know virtuoso kind of like how they are. And the way that I, I mean, you can, you can go to the Funk Brothers, Motown, like they remind me of the Funk Brothers, like they just are seamless in the way that they communicate with each other. They don't step on each other's toes. Uh, They stay in their own frequencies, you know, they they do their own thing, Um, but all together, which is what the Funk Brothers did. You could say the same thing about the Swampers, Swampers, where they released, you know, where they recorded their first record in Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals, yeah. and of course, the band you can't like not compare you them. You can't to the talk band about a band like this without talking about the band. Not only do they, you know, play seamlessly together. Have they? They've backed up some of the biggest artists of their day. I mean, come on, fucking Ed Sheeran. Like he's literally probably the biggest artist of our day, and the band backed up Bob Dylan, who is yeah. arguably the biggest artist of his day. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, they have three guys singing. So, th- you yeah. know, at any point in time, you can listen to a Texas Gentleman song and be like, all right, which guy is singing? Oh, I have no idea. You know? At the time, yeah. So, it, it, the band did that as well. So, I think it's more, I don't I don't think a backing band, to saying someone's a, a backing band, because I would never call them now a backing band. Be no. like, you guys are just a backing band. and like No, but you can't deny their but history of yeah, it. Yeah. But you can't also be like, well, they're not a backing band, because they definitely have backed some incredible artists. I guess the Ed Sheeran thing is maybe a little overblown because they only maybe played that it's one show. Them, but, but still, I mean, they, yeah, they definitely. And also, I was going to say a, a, why I would compare them to the band more than some of the other studio bands that people were talking about is because the band made that transition into songwriting and just wrote these brilliant songs. And it was like, oh, like, I wonder if Bob Dylan heard, like, fucking cripple creek or like the night they drove old dixie down or like the wait and was like oh shit they're like really good songwriters and i had no fucking idea because they were just my band i don't think bob dylan ever heard a song and thought that that person wrote it well (laughs) i i I literally (laughs) think think that i think that bob dylan was just like would have done it better (laughs) like no i think i mean bob dylan's a bit of a weirdo who i love we all love so much but yeah he's just he just does his art to do his art he's definitely very I was teaching one of my kids today, uh, Knocking on Heaven's I Door. I heard you playing Knocking on Heaven's Door. Dude, six chord or four chords the entire song. It goes back and forth. Um, and you're just like, there aren't even that many lyrics in this song. And no. it's such an amazing song. Yeah. It never changes chord progressions. It's just uh, G, D, A minor, G, D, C. The entire time, just going back and forth between that. And you're like, how does he get this range of emotion out of... You know, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, and then, I don't know, man. There are songwriters like Bob Dylan that just baffle me. He has, what did he win, the Pulitzer? I'm sure. Um, So, I remember there was like a big hubbub. Um, Yeah. Oh, that word's coming back. He, is it? That's what Alante said. I work with too many older people. I'm sorry. Um, They talk like that. But, uh, so yeah, there was a big like... Ooh, like um, upset in the uh, uh, literary circles when Bob Dylan won the liter- uh, the Pulitzer Prize uh, for I can't remember what he won for specifically, um, but it was basically like storytelling or something like that. Um, and it's back in two thousand eight, 
Um, so he, wait, fuck. Is it that? Yeah. Wait. Sorry, he got the Nobel Prize for Literature, usually associated with poets and novelists, but the Academy handed Dylan the prize for, quote-unquote, having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. There you go. So... Woody Guthrie would be like, people what the fuck? People were but- pissed, but it's like, you literally <laughs> just said it. It's like he takes this simple chord song and simple lyrics and has this range of emotions. That's language. That's great yeah. writing. And also a great understanding of how music can support great writing and bring that whole feeling together which is why for me it was so instrumental the instrumental of knocking on heaven's door and the backup singers that really like i mean obviously the the imagery and the lyricism is uh haunting too it's about someone who's probably dying yeah so uh it just hits all the fields like in the right way um but yeah, I think you you wrote down here about some of their influences, uh, the Texas gentleman, and uh, it's so funny. I was like, I don't recognize any of these bands <laughs> except oh, for obviously so- <laughs> uh, ACDC and Bay Area's own uh, Sly Stone. I watched uh, a Vinyl Me Please episode where they're in a record store and they're supposed to like they give them a bunch of like it's called On the Grass in the Grass. And they're like, hey, if you're like laying in the grass, what would you listen to? <laughs> and Dan picks like this obscure 1980s ambient Japanese artist, uh, Hiroshi Yashimura, uh, who wrote this like, and I listened to it today. It's called Pure and Loft is the record. And it's like super gorgeous, just like instrumental stuff. And then something by the Budos Band, which is another instrumental band. And then they mentioned a guy named Terry Allen, um, who they call the Randy Newman of Texas nice yeah and i listened to him a bit today too yeah it's what's fun about researching these bands is you kind of find bands as you find all these other kind of stuff to listen to outside of that um it's always a pulling thread you know there's always yeah. like loose threads when you when you look up a band you're like haven't heard of that guy start pulling that thread then you find that guy's uh influences start pulling that thread and yeah it never ends you know but uh do you want to move to their next song yeah nice all right so let me go ahead and pull up my Spotify here. So the next one we're going to do is off their 2020 record, uh, Floor It, again by the Texas Gentleman. Um, it's the third re- uh, song on the record, and it's called Ain't Nothing New.
song is just like <laughs> what the fuck the way like i'm so blown away by them and again like they're in this one they've really become more and more sophisticated with the way that they transition from their different parts as, mm-hmm. as i said before now it just feels like they're evolving and like melting into each part because yeah, they have like the dun 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 and then it changes the and then they have that other part that's like and that like goes into like an i guess an eight time rather than the four they've been doing the whole time but the other thing that they do is really emphasize these different key areas in their song and when i mean key area it's like you think about a song right and the way that the song resolves and it feels like oh there we go we're done we're at the the tonic of the song the tonic is like the chord that feels the most at home yeah so there's a technique that some songwriters will use called tonicization where they make other chords feel like that. So they do that. So in they're like, tricking you. They're tricking you into feeling like you're in your <laughs> home and you're not. So it's basically you hear the da-da-da-da-da-da as soon as you get both feet. All of a sudden you feel like you're in a whole new thing. You're like, oh, what's happening here? But it feels, it feels right. It feels yeah, good. Yeah, it feels good. But they got to that in a seamless way they tonicized it so that feels great and then they go back to the and then that like that's now feels like home so the way that they like just seamlessly go from part to part to part with these weird rhythmic transitions these weird chordal transitions and then also varying each part so it never sounds the I was same. I say all the while you're none the wiser. And then my favorite part of that whole song is when they get to the the quote chorus where it's like, um, uh, where it's Soon like. Soon as you get your no, feet, no no the, the the oh shit you keep your head up or whatever. Oh, I, I'm yeah. horrible with lyrics, so apologies to anyone who's listening to this. But it's like <laughs> I think you got them. It's like you spent your time in. Ain't seen a diamond. That ain't nothing new. All of a sudden, they, they change the chorus. So now it's like four times as long, and they just repeat that over and over and over yeah. again. And it just, 
it has like this cool descending line while it's going. Yeah. And it just is the most gratifying part of the whole song. And it and you can't do that more than once. Like if that happened like twice I or wish. three times, it wouldn't feel good. But the fact that they did it like waited till the very end and then somehow after that they even got back into the soon as you get both feet on and they the get ground. back to that part. So Anyway, that's my kind of spiel about their I'm going to say something controversial. Let's hear it. I wish a song like that makes me wish I could still smoke pot and not have panic attacks because that's the kind of shit that I would just like <laughs> love if I was done. But like you just, you can, you shit. could get lost in that song. Like yeah. in, in such a, it's just like takes you on this journey. Oh, now I sound like you, a true Did you forget weirdo. That, it, that it started out like, Oh, I did not forget. <laughs> They're like, are you stoned yet? <laughs> are you fucked up yet? Like, are you ready for it's this? It's so intense. It like starts out with this weird like atmospheric synth shit. Like, and then all yeah. of a sudden it just kind of melts. They just into go the into song. it. I uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just gushing over them, but I'm like, I'm I, just like blown away by their musicianship no, and. And their and the seamlessness yeah, of it. their songwriting, all of it just makes me want to quit. Um, I have a quote yeah, right. from Dan about writing "Ain't Nothing New." Nice, and he says Nick. So Nick Lee's the guitar player slash other frontman slash uh, other singer, other songwriter. It sounds like him and Nick, Dan and Nick, wrote. Uh, the second record mostly together. Oh man, that was a lot of names. Him and Nick, Dan and Nick is what it sounded Dan like. Dan and Nick, N-I-K. I thought there were two uh, Nicks in that sense. So Dan is saying, this is the Rolling Stones interview. Uh, he says, Nick and I wrote this song with the hardships of our life as traveling musicians in mind. But I hope it's a pretty universal message. Um, it's about working your ass off all your life and never really experiencing the security that you often expect could be just around the corner. And I could not relate more. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, we live day to day, basically. Like, yeah. Like, especially now with like this COVID shit. Oh, God. Like, it's like I was doing pretty well um, with the lessons. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, I hope no students quit this week. Oh, it's yeah. basically where we're at now. It's like. It's depending on other people, the man not to let you down. It's where I'm at, you know. But I mean, their their lives are much more unstable in, in terms of like, they're not even in the same place every day. But I love, I love that. Well, maybe now they are now with all this. Yeah. I, I love that Walking. whole theme though of just like yeah working your ass off and and just never getting that security that's almost like speaking to our generation um because it's like we we never got the like oh in your 20s you can buy a house with a white picket fence and raise a family in california it's like no we don't we don't get to have that but i, I also love the message that it's like you're expecting something different though that ain't no it's true it's true and yeah. it's like yeah, it's like you don't get that um the security and and I and I wonder like also there's like a romance in the security but it's like as musicians we all know now I'm going to make a blanket statement but like with security comes like a lack of like that drive like that hunger is what keeps you being a good songwriter and a good like driving for and like keep going I think, you don't want to get too comfortable or then you're boring Sturgill said like i'm making what do you say like four records and he's out something like that five yeah, records he, and he's oh out. he did yeah we talked about this yeah. before and he's just like just cutting himself like a like a limit where he's like at some point i'm gonna get boring because i'll his last record got a lot of flack um which one is his last one it's the one with like the car on the cover oh yeah. it got a lot of flack because it's i not... listened to well, that's, it look <laughs> Say, the thing about that, that is record memorable. is it's not 
his other two, his prior two records. I mean, I know he had three records, but it was really the prior two records. It was Metamodern Sounds right. and uh, Sailor's Guide. Those uh, were his those records. Are Incredible. So special. Incredible. I mean, like he got na- nominated for Grammy of the Year for Sailor's Guide. And some would argue, me, oh, that Metamodern Sounds is better than and, Sailor's uh, Guide. And everyone had a... The shirts that said, Who the fuck is Sturgill Simpson? Yeah. Because it was like, Who was up? Like Beyonce I mean, yeah. and Adele. And then it was like, We were Sturgill rooting hard. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were probably rooting for Beyonce. I was, but I was 100% like, 100% rooting for Beyonce. I was like, Sturge. I think that's when Adele won and uh, she broke yeah, yeah, her yeah. Grammy in half and gave half to Beyonce. Oh, I'd be like, that? You crazy? Anyway, what I was trying to say Powerful is, Powerful female. It's moment. just not that record. You know, it's like, yeah. but it's an incredible record nonetheless. And. But he basically said, I'm only going to do five albums, maybe four or five albums, and then I'm out. Yeah. And th- I mean, that was years ago, so who knows what he thinks now. But it's, it goes to show that if you lose your hunger, it's like, what are you doing? You, you've gained financial security after a certain point as a musician if you've you know done a Metamodern Sounds and a Sailor's Guide. And you're 40 years old. You're like, man, I want to freaking hang out with my daughter. Then you, yeah, you start to settle like, down, and it's like... Maybe those stories, although I don't know, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about telling stories recently because I've been doing some writing and wherever you are in your life at the moment, I try to think, cause I used to have this idea of like, well, if I'm not like going through heartbreak right now, I can't write a heartbreak song. If I'm not going through this type of pain, I can't write this. But I think if you're in touch with your memories, I think you can really channel, um, sort of yeah older memories and try to remember how those feelings felt like and draw inspiration from that well, so but, if you're able to do that i think that you're yeah it's drawing real feelings but also imagining feelings you know like yeah also it's like what dennis was saying when he was on the podcast i interviewed him it, it was like he talks about like basically being an actor yeah like not an actor in a bad way well, like he was talking about like tom a, waits like, right? Where, like the characters yeah. and like the yeah but he's like whenever i sing it's like i'm that that's what i am like when i'm singing on stage i'm trying to put my mind and my heart and my soul like in that character and in the person who wrote that song so even if it's like coming from a completely authentic place where it happened to you he would put himself into his own, you know, mental state that he was yeah. at when he wrote that song. It's so, it's so, sorry, I have to say this because it happened today. I, I had a phone conversation today uh, talking about a project I might start working on that I don't want to talk about yet, but um, I was on the phone and we were talking about, uh, talking to another musician about being on stage and I said something like, oh yeah, like a lot of people hear like certain songs and tell me that I have a little like country twang, but I'm from fucking California and it's, you know, Anyway, and he goes, well, but you're also when you're on stage, you're like being an actor and you're like, I don't know. It, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's like you're you're going into that. Now it's not like I'm faking a country twang. I'm not. But you sing. You are. um, What's the word? Uh, con- Channeling? Uh, no, no, you're. We've talked about it so many times. It's like you amount to all of your oh frankenstein yeah you're a frankenstein of all your influences billy holiday and fucking loretta lynn and all this shit yeah you're combining all these voices and that's what taught what teaches you to sing and it's interesting because like because i wanted to sing just like ray charles when i was like in 10th grade i was like god i want to sing like ray charles but of course i can't sing like ray charles but i tried so i have a hot take I keep saying that. It's not a hot take. I've decided, like, I, I've been singing for... I'll gauge how hot this take is. F- since I was 16. Um, so f- 15 years. 
Um, and I've learned a lot and I'm, and I'm still learning every day. Like I'm not, a, am still getting better and like learning my voice and all that stuff. Um, I think I see people that are starting out and singing and I think about myself when I was starting out and I'm beginning to think and realize that I think a lot of people start out in singing if they're not classically trained. Uh, they start out imitating a voice that they like. They start out imitating Gwen Stefani or they start like imitating, you know, Sheryl Crow or like whatever singer they want. And then they kind of form their voice from there because that's what your ear, like I wasn't really musically trained. So my ear was just like, okay, I need to sing like this voice I'm used to. Can I like kind of cut in for a second yes i think there's a reason for it and i think it's a no i'm not saying it's bad i'm almost not saying i think it's almost a scientific that's that's how you learn i think there's almost like a scientific like wave learning language it's like almost like a wave exactly yeah you're imitating but it's almost like a wave frequency too right like so if you have this note oh wait shit my piano's oh it would have been so cool oh that would have been so cool all right so let's say you have this note right right and Let's pretend like this is the equivalent of Gwen Stefani doing her crazy singing that she does, right? Ah, it's not I'm kidding. Note. I love Gwen if Stefani. I'm, <laughs> if I'm trying to hit that note, I'm I'm hitting it well like that, right? Right. I'm matching her pitches. Right. But the second I'm not doing the exact same crazy vibrato ah, thing that she's doing, yeah. I'm no longer matching her pitches. So it sounds like this. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that doesn't sound quite right. So you change your voice to try to match it exactly because that's what sounds good to your ear. Dude. Because now there's yes. no there's no friction in the air. It, it's all matching. So I think a lot of people do that with their favorite singers. They listen to them. They're like, I'm going to do the exact same run that Joe Cocker is doing or whatever yeah. because now my voice isn't clashing with his when he's doing his run and right. I'm doing a different run. Right. So they do the same thing. And then just by virtue of doing that, which is not bad, it's right. just not it's unique. How you learn what works and then you eventually find your your voice. Which, Hopefully you do that yeah. enough with enough artists and then you listen to yourself and then you're like, wow, I sound Gotta like to a fucking rip off. Oh, I, I, we, we had a night the other night we were watching uh, videos. We lived together as a band, the, four, the five of us. Um, and we were like, oh, we should all watch videos of us when we were coming up. And like we watched like Alante's like drum major video from when he was in college at MI which was adorable. By and drum like, major, you mean like him literally playing the drum, not like drum major, like the guy who spins. Sorry, major. Although he was also the drum major, <laughs> he was also so drum it's major. confusing. We watched his like, I want to call it like his, his thesis. It's like his thesis. Yeah, yeah, but it was like a performance. And then we watched uh, Tom with his old reggae band. And then we watched me with my old psychedelic blues band. And I was just like, L- you, it's. I think it's good to listen to yourself from 15 years ago and be like, oh my God. Big oof. This is horrible. Yeah. Like cringe. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. And I thought I was so good. At, I was like, I thought I was so good at singing. And I just had, I was just imitating people back then. Yeah. You know, I was just, whoa, like doing this weird thing. And... I don't know. It's a it's a it's a journey for sure. But also there is like a certain characteristic that everyone has and it's almost like an effect on your voice or like uh, like if I had a distortion pedal that I, I press and that's on, the only way yeah. my guitar would make noise. Like I can dial back that distortion pedal and it's like the same thing with your character and your expression. Like you can dial back certain things about your voice. Like I get I tend to get really um really scratchy. Yeah. And um and which almost is, nasally which is part of what your voice sounds like yeah and it is but yeah. it's like i can definitely lean into it yeah, too much lean into and I then can i lean listen into to it back and i'm like thing, what yeah. the fuck am i doing <laughs> like i'll yeah. listen back so there's a little bit of both um let's double check make sure we weren't 
missing anything here. Oh, d- let's talk about their shirts before we go because oh, that was a fun. That was a fun. I also I also wanted sorry, to say Texas just gentlemen, a overwhelming overwhelming kind of a impression I have of the Texas gentleman that made me sort of fall in love with them right away is that their sense of humor is really charming and their videos uh, all their music videos are very silly like they create characters they're very creative all around like they have a lot just watch their music videos they, they get do, they get murdered in like 70 they get murdered of yeah there's, there's <laughs> another video where they're just running and they're bloody but like there's another one where they're like you know, one but of the them, one of them's getting fawned over, and then somebody comes to arrest him, and they have like the "you haven't paid your child support." Like they just create these like weird, funky, like kind of cheesy uh, characters. And every time I've seen them interviewed and watched them on camera, you know, talking about what they do, they're very humble, and they don't take they they say out loud they're like, "We don't take ourselves too seriously. Like we're just making noise, kind of thing." And like they they're just tongue in cheek and they're really funny. They're really yeah. genuinely silly. And like, yeah, I'm just, I, I love that. And some art, one article said, I can't remember which one, but they said like, they were talking about a, Oh, I, I want to say, so first of all, their new record, um, floor it comes out. Oh, if you buy the vinyl, it comes with a board game. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you want to hear? Is it a description a of quick, the board game? A quick, uh, a quick soundbite on the board game. So also I wanted to tell you while I find this, um, I, I uh, bought us the vinyl on the board game. Yes. So it's coming in the mail. Yes. <laughs> I bought us floor that comes with the board game. And I also bought us, I was trying to find like any, so what I really, so I went today on, I was like, I'm going to buy Stuart a Texas gentleman shirt no uh yeah they're sold out no yeah they're sold out so i was like what else can i buy so i was like okay so i got a texas gentleman flask so it's a flask that has i think the tx jelly we'll definitely use on it, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah this house will use it <laughs> we'll and then i also it. was like fuck it i'll get the vinyl obviously you know because we love this record and it comes with the uh game okay so the new noise article um so asked about uh who came up with the idea and who designed the game Dan says the board game idea came out of a conversation that Nick Lee and I were having while we were at the echo lab working on overdubs for the album. Like most of our ideas, it was part of a rambling stream of consciousness diatribe that we probably weren't taking very seriously at the time. But as time went on, we kept marinating on it until we decided it was was really (laughs) something that we could bring to life with a little help. That's where Matt cliff comes into play. Matt designed our first album cover as well as a lot of our shirts and posters and he's just generally our go-to guru of amazing visuals we brought the idea to him and he was instantly sold on it then after about a six hour meeting with the band over pizza and cocktails to plan the basic layout of the game and a handful of extensive phone conversations to hammer out the details he set to work on it what we ended up what he ended up sending us met and far exceeded our expectations for basically an adult candyland-esque drinking game set in the quote-unquote Florit universe. How excited are you to play this game? Um, I'm excited <laughs> to live stream this game. Dude, we should. Slash make a video. <laughs> we're going to YouTube the shit out of this. We're going to cut this up. We're going to make a video of it, and we will definitely tag you guys. 
Dude, they, um, they you make this gentleman about it. They have a uh, yeah, they have a they have like a quote unquote like I guess we'd call it like a promo or like a commercial for the floor at record. And it's like a minute and a half long. And it's like this really cheesy video of them like playing the board game in their backyard. And they're like, they're like, just floor getting it. fucked up. Play, yeah. Play <laughs> floor it. Drink till you uh, play till you're blind or roll the dice till you're blind. I think is what they keep <laughs> saying. And they're just like over pouring like tequila shots. And like, it's dude, it's just tongue in cheek and fucking hilarious. And like, it's That's just kind of what we've been doing lately. And you can tell. So I wanted to say, earlier if i didn't say it already that um you think about a bunch of we've met these amazing one-off musicians where you're like that is the best like bass player i've seen in real life ever that's the best blah 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 so they're all in the same town and they are all really good at their craft but i don't think that like i think chemistry is the main ingredient for why they're so good like i think their chemistry is really important and i mean they're all killers if you well they're all killers but if you take like a bunch of random killers you go this is a killer drum this is a killer bass player this is a killer guitar player and you throw them in a room it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have the right chemistry right and i think these guys have the chemistry and you can tell when you see them just like palling around and making these like super silly videos you're like oh they they are having way too much fun together. Well, it's like an egolessness too, because exactly. like the second like killers start turning into like a dick measuring contest. And it's like, <laughs> no one wants to hear that music anymore because everyone solo, solo, yeah, solo. Yeah. No one wants to watch much. that. And not that these guys don't solo, but it's like, no. they get out of each other's way and they like, they let each other shine and yeah. they, and they and it's highlight like, oh. each other shining and they yes, like support they each, each other shining. Yes. And it's like, that's another thing. It's like, there's, there's a guy shining on his own. And then there's a guy shining when, there are five other killers doing everything they can in the background to, to make that guy sound even to push better. him up. Yeah, yeah. And put him on that pedestal and like, and then you move to the next pedestal and then some other guy solos and it's like, yeah. dude, they're all, no, you, you nailed it. That's, that's what I really love about these guys is like, and that's what I think the magic of something like the band is too, where it's like, you have a bunch of killers and they don't get in each other's way and they, it's just magic. It's yeah. really, it's really magic. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Yeah, um, let's play. Maybe play the last. Uh, yeah, we'll play it for sure. I think we'll play it in the end. Um, okay. Oh, do you want to play it now? Play it. And then yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll that. play it now. So this one um, is another really awesome one with all those seamless, awesome transitions I was talking about. But it is the uh, title song off of the 2020 album "Floor It" by the Texas Gentleman. It's the song "Floor It."
right. Yeah. And um, big shout out to uh, Mike Fabio at New West Records. He was awesome in corresponding with me about giving us some rights to use their music in this podcast and uh, just one of the fastest <laughs> response times I've ever had out of, you know, anyone in the music industry. Really. That's so awesome. Yeah. Shout out Mike Fabio. He, he really helped make all this work and uh, we appreciate you and um, thanks again for that. Yeah. And uh, so I went and purchased their vinyl and the flask and the board game on New West Records. Uh, sorry, I, pur- I purchased that on their website today, but I went on the New West Records website to look for the merch. Um, and... Uh, I realized that they, I just bought merch from them because I bought the Justin Towns Earl cassette and vinyl. Um, and so they, uh, which, represented, which cassette and vinyl did you buy? I got kids in the street, uh, on vinyl. Uh, it's my third Justin Towns Earl vinyl. I cannot find, I have two signed vinyls Harlem River. by him. Yeah. Um, and I can't find Harlem river, which is the one that I want, but I don't think they're pressing it anymore. Um, anyway, and then I, I bought a tape cassette of kids in the street. that's also signed, but, um, and then they also, uh, represent the Deslons who we've covered, uh, their rock and roll, uh, a review. rock and roll review alumni. alumni. Sorry, I just had a complete like. Ugh, so twister. Justin Towns, IRL rock and roll review alumni. The Deslons. Rock and roll review alumni. And Casey and Clayton. Casey and Clayton. The They've insane been insane uh, funk band with the insane guitarists. Yeah, like, their guitar players. Are not insane. funk. Sorry, folk. Yeah, folk band. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're fantastic. So I was like, oh, it's like you know, good company. Yeah. And Nikki Lane too is on that. Uh, same. Nikki Lane. Record label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're just going to get into some minor Radio Keys news. We're still slanging our vinyls. So if you're into it, uh, <laughs> please go to RadioKeysMusic.com. Oh, I have good news. Oh. I have good news. Rolling We sold Stone. some vinyls? Ro- nope. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. We, we have sold a couple. We've probably, we've sold a couple. We've done okay. Um, but Rolling Stone and Wikipedia have informed us that in the first half of 2020, this is the only good news I have for you in 2020 besides the album floor it. Uh, (laughs) In the first half of 2020 vinyl records outsold CDs in the U S for the first time since the 1980s. Let's go vinyl records. Let's go. So we made the the right decision. I don't know. We got accosted. People are like, you got to sell CDs. We're like, for what? Like cars don't even have CD players anymore, no. right? I it's all like MP3, and then people are coming back to like vinyls are the way, man. They're yeah. just the way to go. They just sound so, awesome. Yeah. So we got the Texas Gentleman vinyl flying towards our house as we speak. <laughs> I just picture like a <laughs> flying big frisbee. Flying through just... the air. <laughs> anyway, so we have our vinyl record that is still for sale. Yes, um, our if you're in the city of Concord or any neighboring city, uh, we'll deliver Pleasant it to Hill, you. Walnut Creek. We got a lot of time on our hand and any excuse (laughs) to get out of the house these days. And then also we have our new record. The shelter sessions Mm -hmm. is on streaming sites everywhere. So check it out. Please lend us a follow on Spotify on our music page. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you know, do all the good stuff, like comment, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Can you comment Mm -hmm. on Spotify? I literally don't know. Um, Thank Don't you so comment, much yeah. to the uh, Texas, to Texas gentlemen, gentlemen of for course. letting us play a few of your tunes. Please follow them and give them all the love and go buy all their merch. Musicians, 
would love you to buy merch right now as well as their records because nobody gets to tour. No, no one gets to tour. So yeah, it's a good time to support your uh, your favorite musicians via yeah. online. I know they're on Spotify, but go pay for it. Anyway, everyone, thanks for sitting through and listening to us. Um, my name's Stuart. My name's Emily. And we're going to keep searching for that sweet soul music. Oh, that sweet song you're gonna cure her.